Hi, this is Zoe the Spagat Doctor Who Collector. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Welcome back to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, the podcast that explores the festive world of Doctor Who collecting, the collectors, all kinds of Doctor Who merchandise, and sometimes we just talk about Doctor Who. It's a great place to do that. Welcome to the show. Brought to you in part by Forbidden Planet and Bags Unlimited Incorporated. I am Larry Van Mersbergen, your host. I've been a Doctor Who collector now for 42 years. Welcome to our 70th episode. We're celebrating 60 years of Doctor Who this year. And uh, just to bring you back to where it all began, uh, I actually started watching the program on September 27th, 1975 in Chicago. And the episode I saw was The Mutants Part One. And I changed my life, literally, at that young age. Uh, I went on to open one of the first Doctor Who stores in Chicago that exclusively served Doctor Who fans. In other words, we took the store to the fan club meetings. It was like a mini convention. It was a brilliant idea. It was before conventions. Uh, it was really something else. Um, we called the store Bundles from Britain, and I never thought once uh, once I finished that run, I uh, you know I sold it to my partner. I went to college. I you know went on to my life, and I never thought about it. Then I picked up a, a little book. And this wonderful little book is called Red, White, and Who, the Story of Doctor Who in America. And as I was going through the book, I, I noticed in the index, it said bundles from Britain. And I said, no way. So I found it on page 384. And I was shocked. I said, I didn't know this book was being written. I had no idea that there was a project underway. And I, I kind of came to the table a little late there. But anyway, I found out some other people had submitted, you know, copies of the catalog and things like that to to the writers. And they uh, they gave it a mention. And um, I introduced myself to the authors uh, not long after that to say, I'm the guy that founded Bundles from Britain. And uh, of course, uh, the partner I sold it to was none other than Gene Smith. And if you're a Doctor Who guy, you know who Gene is. Gene is the showrunner of Chicago TARDIS. Um, he is the CEO of Alien Entertainment. So he kept it going, just changed the name of the company over the years. And uh, but that's where it all started. Um, and uh, that was a, an honorable moment for me uh, to find out that I was on the ground floor of something even bigger than what it could have been. And that's just, you know, it still humbles me to this day, you know, not not going to my head at all, because I think, wow, what an experience. Uh, anyway, you can find a great link on this on my homepage at DoctorWhoCollectors.com to buy this book. You can buy it either from Amazon or directly from ATB Publishing. I don't know uh, if it's going to get a second printing. There hasn't been a lot of indication, but if you keep buying it, maybe that'll inspire uh, Mr. Bloomberg to uh, run a few more. Um, so let's 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 have it. I, I don't make any money on it, by the way. It's not my go my goal here for that. It's I want everybody to have a copy of this wonderful book. If you want to know everything about, um, like I said, I did an episode on the uh, uh, on those Aeonian books, and that's a whole chapter in this uh, in this wonderful book on Red, White, and Who, where the where the 
Doctor Who was broadcast, where it was shown in the United States, where it started. Uh, just some great information there. Uh, we are part of the Direction Point Doctor Who Podcast Network. It is a great network of Doctor Who podcasts that seek to build your audience. So that's why we have uh, trailers of other podcasts uh, being played on our on our sister podcasts. And you can hear the trailer for this one on other podcasts. We want you to listen to other people uh, and get that knowledge. You know, there's so many people out there uh, podcasting and there's so much great stuff. So you can uh, listen to Time Streams. You know, Nathan and Juliet are just simply amazing. Their chemistry on the air is, is one of a kind and they're wonderful people. And uh, you got Police Box in a Junkyard. That's it's uh, Matthew Kressel, Assad, uh, and uh, Eric O'Branson. What a great trio there. Uh, the Doctor Who Target Book Club with uh, my good friend Tony Witt and, of course, my other good friends, Allison Fitch-Seyfried and Dalton Hughes, and amongst other guests that they bring on the program. I've been on that podcast a few times myself. So you can also find Traveling the Vortex, which is, I think, the number four podcast in the Doctor Who world. So, you know, Glenn and the guys there, they have a great show going. Almost 800 episodes are coming up on it. So for more information, you can go to directionpoint.org. Speaking of links, of course, two great links that I include on every episode because you can start anywhere. Um, you need to have timelash.com on your bookmarks if you're a collector. And the, the subheading under that is the TARDIS library. And that you could set up a free account. You could keep track of your collectibles, at least your media collectibles. I'm talking about your your vinyl records, your books, your uh, not magazines per se, but so just to, just the printed material, the recorded material, CDs, vinyl, uh, VHS tapes, Betamax, that kind of thing. It's a really good resource, and he's pretty thorough. That's Mr. Dan O'Malley uh, out of the UK. And of course, the other uh, website you need to have on hand, of course, is How's Transcendental Toy Box, or um, what we where we call it at DoctorWhoToyBox.co.uk. So there you go. Uh, Timelash.com gets you to the TARDIS library and DoctorWhoToyBox.co.uk. And of course, by how we mean David J. Howe, a great guy, great friend, wonderful, uh, wonderful man. He has the Doctor Who Museum uh, that is just now opening. The Bundles from Britain catalog is in the museum. That is a hand-drawn catalog by the late Bill Eubanks. He was a dear friend of mine many years ago, um, was an artist, and he was an actor. And uh, I, one day I want to dedicate a show to him as much as I can. You know, his, his artwork is, is almost long gone unless you have copies of Time Lord Review floating around. Uh, there you go. If you're looking for great Doctor Who items at great prices, then you need to go no further than just type in your browser, DoctorWhoStore.com. That's the name. Um, and that's the uh, Doctor Who online store for Alien Entertainment. And uh, it's just a wonderful place to get uh, your books, your magazines, your figures. You've even got some, doc some uh, hardcovers on there that uh, I talk about on some of the episodes. So they're always running specials. You can get bargain things. They got closeouts. Uh, of course, if you live in the Chicago area, the western suburbs, go to the shop, Alien Entertainment uh, in Lombard on Main Street. Uh, you can't miss it. It's a double storefront. You'll see the big Doctor Who logo in the window. Uh, usually uh, Karen is there most days, but you can find Gene there on the weekends. Um, and you can browse their incredible selection of not just Doctor Who, but they've got Harry Potter and Star Trek and all kinds of... I mean, there was a... There was a a yellow submarine lunchbox from 68 in the bin there. There was a Mickey Mouse clock. You know, he's got all kinds of stuff. So there you go. 
You can also find uh, some great stuff right here at our own website at DrWhoCollectors.com on the merchandise links. We are, of course, connected to Forbidden Planet, uh, one of our sponsors. Just uh, look through what you want to buy, click through, pay for it on Forbidden Planet. Uh, as long as you click through our website, we get a little bit of that money that uh, you pay for the item. You don't pay more. You just help us out at the same time. So thank you for that. And don't forget, we have an eBay store as well. That's the first link on that page. And we've got Target books, uh, lots of Target books, some hardcovers, and a few other vinyl records and things that were um, that were duplicates in the collection. I, I don't like to uh, keep a lot of duplicates these days, but uh, you can actually benefit. And I try to keep the prices reasonable. Um, I take reasonable offers. Uh, you know, if uh, you know, don't uh, don't don't lowball me and. Say, you know, say it's reasonable. You know, um, I had somebody do that to me the other day. It was a brand new copy of the case of Androzani in, in hardcover, and uh, they really like like more than half off of what I was looking for. And I wasn't looking for something great. You know, it's not an outrageous offer or anything. But I said, you know, I, I'm really sorry. I wrote back and I said, you know, this is a new book, so you know, you need to really think about this. I never heard back, but that's okay. It will sell. I'm not worried. All proceeds, of course, for that benefit the podcast. Um, and don't forget, of course, Who North America. Uh, and you got, you know, Keith and Jenny, amazing people. Um, I'll be seeing them shortly. We'll be talking about them later on the, on the, on the show. Uh, they opened the same year as Bundles from Britain, 1984. You can find them at www.whoNA.com. Dot com. That's W-H-O-N-A dot com. And of course, I, I last but not least, and certainly not um, to be left off this list, are my friends at the Who Shop in London. Um, I had to I had to make a call over there, you know, dialing an international number. That is a skill. Uh, I had to look it up on, online how to do it. Um, but the phone rang and they answered and I said, hi, this is Larry Van Roosworgen from the United States. And the first response back was, we love your podcast. So that made my day, made my month and my year all at once. But we were, I was calling about an order that had gotten accidentally bounced back to them. That's a long way to bounce back from here, uh, just outside Chicago, uh, back to the UK. So we got that straightened out. So you can find them there at thewhoshop.com altogether, thewhoshop.com. Uh, of course, on our website, in addition to every podcast that's been recorded, now Apple cuts them off after a while, So and, and Google Podcast is going away, I just found out. But if you're on other providers, they might not go back to episode one or two or three. But you can always go back on our website at DrWhoCollectors.com to every podcast that was recorded. Coming up, we've got Chicago TARDIS 2023 in November. That's Thanksgiving weekend. Join us for the 60th anniversary, with which will prove to be one of the best conventions in the Midwest. Uh, for more information on that, you can go directly to chicagotardis.com or find them on any of the social medias, including threads now. Um, but uh, so far, uh, we've got guests, the big names, of course. We got Jason Hay Gallery, the uh, CEO of Big Finish. I'm planning to have him sign my Sirens of Time cassette that I keep talking to him about every year. Um, of course, with your ticket, you always get Fraser Hines. Uh, what a great guy. Uh, good friend. I consider him a friend anyway. He's, he's just such a, a wonderful man. Um, helped me out quite a bit in the last year. And of course, he sings the theme song to this podcast. Uh, you can meet Michael Troughton. He's the son of Patrick Troughton. 
Newton. I've seen him in numerous dramas. And of course, he currently plays the second Doctor. And who better to play the second Doctor uh, for Big Finish? Um, we have three Doctors, count them three. We've got Peter Davison, Colin Baker, and Sylvester McCoy coming to Chicago TARDIS this year. Three Doctors. Um, we've got Stacy Smith, a great author, wonderful woman. Uh, Mickey Lewis will be there. He's been a Cyberman. He's been a Sea Devil. He was on the Sea Devil episode with Jodie Whittaker. Um, we've got Lisa Bowerman. I am so excited to meet Lisa Bowerman. I have been in love with ben Bernie Summerfield for many, many years, and I can't wait to meet her. Uh, and, and of course, Carol Ann Ford, the first companion, will be there, and I am so honored to meet her this year. Uh, so hotel reservations are still there. You can still get it. Uh, tickets are available at chicagotardis.com. Um, photograph and autograph stuff will be starting probably this week. Uh, this as, as of this recording, October 1st, um, they should be ready to go. So um, as, a, as a member myself, I should be getting notices on that. Uh, they're also calling for panels right now. So if you want to propose a panel at Chicago Tardis that's 60th anniversary related, uh, go to chicagotardis.com, click on updates and click on that panel thing. Of course, you have to be a member of the conference to present a panel, but panels do get approved. I mean, I know the uh, program director personally. They do get in there. All right, cool. What else is going on? Um, I am still working with Oricon. Uh, they're going to get a video edition of my 60 items for 60 years panel this year because I can't travel all the way to Oregon with all that stuff. It just doesn't work. Um, not easy to do. And uh, that's also happening in November. So I'll uh, let you know when that's happening. Uh, so far, the Twin Cities console room uh, and I have been back and forth over a while about uh, doing this at their show. Of course, now they've no longer gotten back to me. So if you're on that staff and you're listening, please shoot me an email. And let me know what's happening. Uh, and also, I have been put on hold with the C2E2 conference because they were very interested in what I was doing, but their panels were full as of the last time I talked to them. So stay tuned for that. All right. What's new to the collection? New in the collection. Now, uh, this is not a complete list because I haven't been able to keep track lately. It's been kind of a I've been putting everything in boxes uh, for the next event, which I will talk about on the main story today, which is Doktoberfest. So um, I've got a, a hardcover copy of Doctor Who A to Z. That was from uh, 1986 or 87 from W.H. Allen. Matches the paperback. Uh, I got a really nice copy of the Ghost Light soundtrack. That was a different label entirely. I have a 1972 Jigsaw Puzzle, the number one uh, edition with John Pertwee and Bessie. It's only missing one piece, but the box is in really good condition. So uh, there was more on the way, but that's all for now. Of course, if you want to see everything up close, come on down to Doctoberfest. That's uh, in uh, Plainfield, Indiana at the Courtyard by Marriott. We're going to talk about that conference with our main story today. So uh, more on that there. Um, many rumors out there, uh, and I talk about rumors regarding hardcover books by W.H. Allen and Wingate and Longbow. Um, there are over a hundred of those out there, but there have been rumors about third printings of certain books that, you know, we've never seen, nobody's seen evidence of, and we want to investigate those. We want to make sure that they're correct. We want to make sure our list is correct. We want to make sure collectors are informed. Um, but I'm always on the lookout for concrete proof. So if you're a collector and you're sitting on, let's say, a third printing of Space War, uh, let us know. I mean, we don't want your book. We want the 
uh, copy, a photo of the uh, inside page and the, the uh, label, the jacket uh, spine, because we want to see what's on there. Is it Wingate? Is it WH Allen? You know, because the information is just not available. WH Allen doesn't exist anymore. So, and Virgin Books didn't have a whole lot of information either. So there's, um, there might be something out there, but so far we've got no evidence to prove that. Only one third edition came to light, but now we're trying to figure out if there was a second edition. Uh, Loch Ness Monster, people have seen the first, they've seen the third but nobody's seen a second. Maybe that was a publisher error. We'll find out. Anyway, uh, you can contact me at DrWhoCollectorsPodcast at gmail.com and put that in the subject line. So on today's show, I'll be talking about the upcoming festival, which is Doctoberfest coming up on October 21st. 22nd, 23rd, I guess uh, that we've got a dinner on the Friday night. We've got the festival all day on Saturday and a brunch with Sophie on Sunday. Unfortunately, by the taping here, the uh, the dinner and brunch tickets will be sold out. Uh, you only need a ticket for the panels. Uh, you do not need a ticket to attend the festival. Um, but um, seating is limited. So get on there right away. It's at whoNA.com. We'll talk more about that in just a few minutes. By the way, if you ever wondered where my podcast ranks in the world of Doctor Who podcasts, Feedspot at Feedspot.com has a ranking of the top 90 Doctor Who podcasts. And as of this taping, we are at number 31 of the top 90. So I am pleased to be in the upper third. Um, we've moved up a few spots in the last uh, few months. So thank you for your support. I also want to thank our patrons. Uh, we have a Patreon page. That's at patreon.com backslash Doctor Who Collectors Podcast all together. And um, if you hit us up at the $15 level or more, that's $15 per month, but you can cancel any time or you can subscribe, watch the videos and quit, whatever you want to do. Um, that just helps us keep the uh, bills paid. Anyway, uh, go up there to find exclusive video content. If you want to see the video interview with uh, Tasha Achilleos or with Peter Purvis or with uh, um, Sadie Miller, for instance, or, or Lauren Cornelius, uh, you could, or the video we're going to do today, you can see that up there, too. We've got some props that are on display that are pretty cool. Our theme song is Who's Doctor Who, composed by Barry Mason and Les Reed, performed by Fraser Hines, used by permission. You can hear this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Pandora on iHeartRadio and Podbean. You can also find us wherever you get your podcast, including our YouTube channel. We are a Direction Point Podcast Network. After the break, we will have our main story. And today we're talking about Doktoberfest. And I've got my guest here, Elwethis Pagan, as my guest. Uh, he's been on the show before as part of the Collector's Roundtable series that we did. Um, but he's talking to me exclusively today about the show and about what he's doing there and what he's bringing. And he's a, a he's probably the largest collector of Kerblam items uh, from the from the story Kerblam. So I'm like, I'm really I'm really impressed with that because I don't have a lot of 13th Doctor stuff, but that's that's pretty cool. So we'll have that right after the, the break here. And of course, the most outrageous offer, which may or may not be an, a most outrageous offer. We'll let you decide that. So anyway, stay tuned. Traveling the Vortex. Are you ready to embark on an epic journey through time and space? Join the thousands of Whovians around the world who've discovered Traveling the Vortex, the ultimate Doctor Who podcast for diehard fans and curious newcomers alike. Every week, we dive deep into the Hooniverse, discussing the episodes, theories, and hidden gems. We dissect the Doctor's adventures, share behind-the-scenes stories, and explore the legacy of this iconic show. Traveling the Vortex brings fans together, fostering a global community of Whovians. Whether you're a fan of classic or new Who, there's something for everyone. 
Join us on this incredible journey as we unravel the mysteries of time and space. Don't miss out. Subscribe to Traveling the Vortex today on your favorite podcast platform. Traveling the Vortex, your ticket to adventure awaits. Traveling the Vortex is a proud member of the Direction Point Podcast Network. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Hi, I'm Juliet. And I'm Nathan. Experience Doctor Who from the very beginning through a classic fan's eyes. And through the eyes of a new Who fan. Reminisce and relive those classic moments with Nathan as he offers fun insight. Or experience them for the first time with Juliet as she dwells on social issues, history, fashion, and the size of a flashlight. We're the Time Streams Podcast. Find us on Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. We are going on a journey, a very long journey, through the world of the Target novelizations and publication order. Every week, we are looking at a new book, talking about Terrace Dix, Malcolm Hulk, and all our Doctor Who novelization friends. Whatever you do, keep turning the pages. This is Jason Miller of the Doctor Who Literature Podcast, a member of the Direction Point Podcast Network, and you are listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Up there is the scanner. Those are the doors. That is a chair with a panda on it. Sheer poetry, dear boy. Ah, now it's time for the main story here on the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. I wanted to take a moment outside of my normal programming here to talk about what is quickly becoming one of the most popular events in the Midwest. And I'm talking about Doctoberfest. That is a one-day Doctor Who festival being held in Plainfield, Indiana at the Courtyard by Marriott on October 21st. Uh, so uh, what I wanted to do here is showcase this event uh, while some tickets are still available. Uh, the, unfortunately, the dinner and the brunch will be unavailable by the time this uh, reaches air, but that's okay. Uh, I am honored, of course, to be a guest at this uh, wonderful festival, and uh, joining me as my guest today is a fellow guest and fellow collector, my friend Elwithis Pagan. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you very much, Larry. This this is uh, quite an honor as well. I love your podcast. I've been listening for a few years now, and it's been great meeting you in person as well. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I know this is not your first uh, appearance on the show. You actually appeared on one of our collectors roundtables uh, a year or yes. two ago. Uh, so I was glad to have you back. I need to get back to those. Those are those were so much fun to do. Um, but one of the things, uh, of course, uh, you know, one of the big events that we're doing at Doctoberfest is having a dedicated room to Doctor Who collectibles and props and things like that. And so um, the first thing I wanted to ask, of course, is that you're one of the few guests that's ever been in the Who room here. So I wanted to get your reaction to that. What was that experience like? It's nice to know um, that I'm not the only one that, that that gets all these things and and tries to get a, dedicate one spot in the house to uh, without being killed by the wife. <laughs> um and uh no it's it's wonderful uh i thought it was really cool to see a lot of that stuff as well i know there's plenty of collectors out there um just just being able to meet face to face and actually see how the collections are are uh, being presented in their own homes is is really cool you know for the for the who cave versus the man cave type thing <laughs> yeah so, 
Yeah, and uh, you know, of course, after after forty three years of putting this together, it, it's uh, it's still you know um, it overwhelms me, and sometimes I forget what's here. That's oh, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Um, I've been going through uh, one of the one of the most recent things that I've discovered uh, is is I thought I had all the research on this was the uh, you know you're familiar with the Viewmasters I know I showed you some of those yes um, yes well um, I ran into somebody who was selling the Tom Baker uh, full circle sleeve but it was in red and he went on to say that the yellow one was extremely rare and hard to find and I said back to him I said well wait a minute when I had my shop I had a ton of those yellow ones so you. You're telling me those are really hard to find but i've never seen the red one so there you go um just i didn't know they came in different colors it's like um <laughs> right now with the um the 14th doctor sonic screwdriver if you bought it from character online you got it in a white box but if you bought it from the store you got it in a blue box right so there was there was a lot of differences there and some collectors are like well what's you know what's this and that i said well i want both colors if i can get it because there's a variant and right. uh, there are variants all over the place. So um, anyway, we'll start with the uh, the collectible room. What's what's going to be be there? So tell me, what exactly are you going to have down there for us to see? Uh, in the room itself, I I'll be honest, I'm not sure yet. I've been thinking of all kinds of things um, that I wanted to uh, put in there to show off. Um, besides what would be on the panel, I, I can kind of pull a little sneak preview of a couple things. Uh, I'm looking at a couple scripts that I will uh, put put in there. Uh, it'll be a chance to see my uh, Roboform costume that was from the uh, Christmas Invasion and then used in uh, The Runaway Bride. Mm -hmm. uh, and pretty sure we've screen matched it to actually being the uh, Roboform that was kidnapping Donna. Oh, wow. Uh, so, and it's one of the few that wasn't blown up. In, in that episode. So we're pretty certain that may be what this one's from. So I have the full St. Nick outfit uh, with the Roboform uh, mask. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. I don't have the St. Nick mask. I may end up having to get a, a, a custom made one um, if I cannot track down an original to add to it. Uh, and So that'll be in a, on a mannequin in there. Uh, I do have, I don't know how clear this will show up. Here oh, yeah, I can see it, yeah. The Kerblam receipt. Right. Uh, I've got a, I've got a few different ones from the episode. Apparently, I'm going to have quite a few Kerblam items there. Um, talking to some people in the UK, uh, they're into props and everything. It seems like I may have the biggest Kerblam uh, props <laughs> uh, props item uh, collection in the US and oh, that's possibly, great. possibly even the world. Uh, I used to have Twirly, which I showed off last year at Doctoberfest. Yes. Uh, Peter McTeague, who wrote the story, uh, had actually contacted me last year uh, while I was on the panel at Doctoberfest. He sent me a quick message going, wait, how did you get that? I was supposed to get one of the three Twirlies, and somehow he wasn't able to. So I go, you know what? I, I got to help you out, man. So I got him. I took my Twirly. I go, it's yours just for the amount that... Uh, I originally paid for it. I know it was worth a lot more than that. I had many offers. Like, oh, I just can't do this right now. This is this is just too cool an item for me to just let go of. And I've never been one for trying to make mm -hmm. a profit off these things. I just want right. collectors to collectors. Unfortunately, 
uh, there were some issues in the UK with shipping. Uh, in fact, they ended up um, closing down postal service for a lot of international things due to, um, I guess, ransomware strike. that hit. Yeah, there, there was, was ransomware that, and there a was ransomware. Yeah. So it took what normally could take about one to two weeks, took about two months to get to him. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, what was opened, no matter how well I had packed it, it was shattered to pieces. Oh. So now there's only two fully functional twirlies out there, and I oh. know who owns them. Um, but sadly, twirly was demolished, so it, oh. it broke my heart. Uh, he does still have it and knows someone that might be able to somewhat reconstruct it the best they can. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, twirly's gone. But outside of that, uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to have quite a few things from Kerblam, definitely. A few other things. Uh, I guess most of the props I have right now that I may be showing off there come from the Jody era, which right, I know right. uh, can be divisive with some fans, but I, I love them anyway. And it, it's kind of <laughs> cool to hear from someone going, wow, you have that, you have that, you have that from Kerblam, you got this as well. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it looks like you do have the largest collection of Kerblam items. Um, so that's kind of cool to hear in a way. It is. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, so, it's it's uh it, it's great when someone else comes up and says wow i didn't realize how large the collection was and i yeah. i got that i got that comment from stephen warren hill once at uh at chicago tardis when he came in to do the to basically watch the the panel i was doing and he came up to me afterwards he goes i had no idea how much you had and i said well yeah. You know, that's, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it came with the fact that I started with three items back in 1981 and it just kept expanding. And then as my interests kind of go in different directions and I'm trying to complete the hardcover run, I'm trying to complete my blue spine run and stuff like that. And when things come right. in and I go, oh, look at that. Oh, yeah, I should get one of those. Um, like the, um, um, to my to my listeners, if you're wondering why you can't see anything, this is a podcast. But if you want to see this uh, uh, video uh, interview, you can uh, go to Patreon. Uh, just follow directions on the website, uh, DoctorWhoCollectors.com, and you can uh, watch this video for a fifteen dollars subscription. You know, I don't care if you do that and then cancel it, but at least then you can watch the video. But uh, behind me, I have a Time Lord headpiece that could be from either invasion of time or arc of infinity i'm waiting on documentation uh but uh it also arrived slightly damaged uh it's just hard to ship stuff from the uk uh just one of those things that uh you know you do the best you can it was pretty well packed but i had to uh some of the you know this this little lattice piece here i had to re-glue back on but uh not a big deal it was, it was hot glued on there in the first place so you know the bbc as i've learned uh, with my interviews with brian wiga uh they are cheap and uh they don't use the highest quality construction methods for props i know that um just uh the, the one story about uh tom baker pulling the sonic screwdriver out of his pocket it was in two pieces so they had to quickly glue it back together because they only had one <laughs> and right. but again but apparently they had a bunch of these made because of all the um you know, all the Time Lords wandering around the Panopticon would have one of these on. Uh, and the ones that like Baruso wore or whatnot, or the one that Tom Baker wore in, in one of those, and one that uh, you know, that the Council wore in Arkham Infinity were all really ornate because I looked at those images and I thought it's really close. But I was able to match the, um, the Gallifrey logo here exactly to those images. So those were those were on there as well. And of course, I was also comparing them to my little action figure here. So I've got one of these here to kind of 
use as my as my guide although they've got the gallifrey images a little high but this is it's only on the action figure apparently so there you go uh what i'm bringing down uh as well i as you can probably see in the corner here all these boxes i've been packing for doctoberfest since july 15th because oh that's goodness. how because that's how that's how long it takes to carefully pack everything for for travel uh especially items that could get broken and progress because i i did um one year i accidentally packed i mispacked one of my my pewter k9 from the danbury mint and i had to uh get a uh a jeweler to weld the tail back on properly okay. so i said yeah i'm not gonna make that mistake again so i really made sure that everything is there uh but um what's going to be interesting is what i'm putting out in the in the collector room will not be the same items that i show in my panel because i'm doing a very special show this year it's called 60 items for 60 years and i've got one item from each era of doctor who from 63 to the present day and they're in complete order in boxes by year and you're not going to get to see that till the actual show and some of the items uh, like for instance uh, i've had a lot of people write to me and say well, what do you have from 63? Because nothing came out in 63. I said, no, you're not exactly right there. <laughs> there were there were things that came out, not exactly BBC official related, but things that are related or important uh, to Doctor Who were released in 63. And there were also years like 71. What came out in 71? I'll tell you what came out in 71. So you've got, I've got one item from each thing. The challenge was that it had to be an item from each year that I already had. And I was able to meet that challenge. So we're also going to be doing this show at Chicago TARDIS wow. as well. So that'll be that'll be exciting. Uh, the other exciting thing about this show is that it's not just Elwidis and myself and a few other uh, people on this program that uh, make this uh, day a special. We have a very special guest coming down, yeah. and that would be the wonderful Sophie Aldred who played Ace with the Seventh Doctor and the Thirteenth Doctor. So it'll be very exciting to get that. I know um, I know you've, you've spoken to Sophie recently, so I know she, she yeah. is also excited to be there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I've known her for plenty of years now, and she is such such a giving person, very caring, um, a sweetheart. I, 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 I can't even say enough about her. Mm -hmm. um, such a good friend. And she is so excited um, to have the chance to meet fans this way. It's it with a smaller event like this uh, here in the U.S. It's a bit more intimate. Uh, she gets to meet and converse with people um, uh, more personally. Uh, even even shows like Chicago Tardis, where numerous times um, being there with her and, and many of the other guests, just seeing it they do such a great job of uh, the fan interaction yes. and they really, she's one of those that tries so hard to make sure not to just rush you through. She really wants to, to, to spend some time with you a bit, mm -hmm. uh, which I know sometimes with organizers drives them nuts because they're like, Oh my goodness, but you've got like a line of a hundred people behind this person and you're just, but at the same time, you know, it, it also helps, uh, with those events because people know like you go to Chicago TARDIS as huge as it even is you get a good opportunity to meet them and it doesn't feel like you're just in a machine like you might at some of the other um, bigger conventions that bring in celebrities from every movie tv show right, uh, right. rock singer whatever um, and so with um, 
the Oktoberfest being much smaller, it's almost more like um, from talking with her and and uh, some other people even, uh, this seems to be more of the traditional style of uh, show that you would see in the UK. Because a lot of times they literally are just a one-day event. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they call them a convention or like Oktoberfest. I keep saying convention, but it's a it's festival. A, it's a festival, right. Yeah, it's and, it, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, you get a little bit more one-on-one -on -one time. Like I said, it's much more intimate. Um, it's just a lot of fun. And it it feels a little bit more laid back, which is great. Um, so very excited to uh, have those opportunities uh, like this. And hopefully over the years, it'll grow and we might be able to uh, eventually see um, more bigger name guests. Not saying that anyone else that's going to be here along with Sophie are, are uh, small fries. Well, I consider myself a small fry. Uh, not that big a thing. I've been a fan more than anything. So it's it's kind of strange to go, okay, I'm a fan. I've gone to all these things for years as a fan. Uh, then somehow I fell into uh, acting as a guest liaison, trying to help uh, arrange for guests at, at um, Doctoberfest over the years. Um, and now being a little bit of a... a, a I don't know if you call it a featured guest, but a guest that's up on a panel uh, yeah. showing off things, answering questions, giving tips. This is kind of weird for me, but it's just so cool. <laughs> um, so, and I've gotten to make a lot of friends uh, in a lot of shows like this. And these are the shows also that make it so much easier to start getting to know some of these people that are celebrities that you go, okay, I know they're a celebrity. I've looked up to them for years, but oh my goodness, I'm, I'm a friend. And I've yeah. seen numerous times where people have been to so many shows that you'll see celebrities like Sophie, um, uh, Colin, uh, Baker, Sylvester, that they know your name already. You right. come up there and yes. they know you. And sometimes it's like, <clears throat> have I come off as being so obsessive that that's why they remember me? <laughs> and, and, you know, a lot of times I'm reassured. No, 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 no. I, I promise it's not because you come off as obsessive. It's just. I recognize you coming up and having little conversations and there's something about that. That's, that's pretty humbling and, and, and cool to be able to, to do that. I mean, my, my brother went nuts. Uh, mm. And my son does um, when I've been like in uh, London and they've come with me. Uh, I remember going to the 50th anniversary, for example, and going up to get some autographs uh, there. And my brother was like, Oh, you've got to be kidding me when they go, Oh, we, this, you made it here to London. Oh my goodness, this is awesome. How are you? And he just turns and looks at me. It's like, are you kidding me? They yeah. know you. Yeah. He goes, how many conventions have you gone to? I'm like, not that many. I've just tried to come off not as crazy, but but just, you know, thankful and, and things like that. And just having a good conversation, not always about Doctor Who, conversations about other things they've done. And um, yes, they tend to remember you. So that's that's kind of cool. And then to grow to this point where I have this collection mm. uh, that also gets some attention, not just from other fans, but a lot of times from, from uh, the actors that have been on the show that a lot of them, if they weren't fans before, they're just like, well, that's, it's just any other job to actually turning into fans. Some who were fans before they ever got on the show. Uh, so it's neat when they're suddenly looking at some of your collectible items and going, Oh my goodness, where did you get this? This is wonderful. I would love to get something like this. So it, it, it's kind of cool to have that opportunity um, to share stuff like that. Uh, I, I've had Colin and uh, Frazier going, okay, where, where did you get this script from? 
like from two doctors, they're going, you, you, this is fantastic, you know, as they're signing and posing with it. Right, right. Flipping through the pages going, oh, my goodness, I remember this. Yeah. You know, and yeah. pointing out, oh, you know, there was a change here in this part, in this episode of your script where this happened. That didn't happen. If you realize that we changed that or mm -hmm. it ended up being ad libbed and they like the ad lib better than the, the actual line. So that's been uh, pretty neat um, to experience. So. Uh, but yeah, I, I love shows like this where, again, one of the things I know, like you showing off your, your collectibles, I don't like the idea of these things just being hidden away somewhere by a private collector and mm. no one really gets to see it. My, 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 my philosophy has always been, I want other fans to see it. I get more joy out of sharing it with as many people as possible. And for people that would never have gotten this opportunity before to, to have that. I mean, like, like for those that can see on video, I, I got this nice, lovely little bottle of bubble shock. That <laughs> there were a ton of these uh, from Sarah Jane that if you went to um, Gallifrey two years ago, uh, the return from lockdown, uh, they, if, if you were like the highest level, they were giving these away to everyone that got those tickets. Nice. And yeah. for the first time going to Gallifrey, I had to do it. Because uh, mm -hmm. I go, I don't know if I'll ever go to Gallifrey again. So I've got to put the money into this just for the experience. And the next thing you know, I'm getting a bubble shock bottle and a couple other cool little things that were actually on the show. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. something like that you'll see there in the collectibles room. Uh, scripts. These are just, yes. probably can't quite read it there, but uh, towards the okay. script. Oh, nice. They nice. are from two of my favorite stories. Um, one is, oh my goodness, I'm blanking out on the title now. I'm terrible about that. It's I okay. it's called Meat. <laughs> uh, the episode I believe was called Meat. Okay. It was more of the real world, uh, type of story, no supernatural and, uh, spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen it. My favorite line is at the end, because I like to, uh, <laughs> which if you understand what was going on in that story, then finding out the truth. It that line was just scary beyond belief, and then of course I I, I have episode three of uh, Children of Earth, which mm -hmm. to me is probably the greatest uh, storyline of Torchwood that has been made. So little things like that you'll get to see. Um, oh, I don't know if I'll have it at the panel itself. I probably will, but it also be in the prop room. Is uh, I won't give away too much other than this this wonderful little journal hmm. that was from a Jody episode and all I will say is it's it's a diary um that has a lot of uh writing in it actual uh poems in it as well from a very famous writer and his wife and uh something to deal with uh, a villa okay so I think that might be a hint to quite a few people what this actually is. Um, it's a true screen use prop that is probably one of my favorite things that I've gotten recently. So some of that will definitely be in the uh, collector's room to see. I just figured at this point, most of it's going to be yours, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> most of yeah. it will be yours because um, I think you have some of the cooler stuff to show than I do in, a, in a collectibles room. I may just have some autographed items and things like that that people can mm -hmm. see and go, oh, I've heard of this or I've seen that, or I would love to get that, and just, just the odds and ends, um, and just show the props at the panel itself. 
Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, what a, one of the things that's going to make your 13 uh, collection a little bit more exciting is that uh, joining me, of course, will be uh, Katie Haynes in full costume, and she will be doing live TikToks from the collecting room. So I imagine that'll be great. Uh, she'll want to show off some of the props with her her uh, amazing ability to recreate the voice of Jodie Whittaker. Uh, but yeah, Absolutely. I'm I'm uh, I've got a, a range of stuff all the way from '64 to the present day. As far as uh, one of the most recent things I picked up was a original box of Dalek sweet cigarettes. Um, the seat, this, uh, there, it's a little tiny box. It's got a Dalek painted on the front and I had to be very careful because there are reproductions of those floating around. So I contacted the guy who does the reproductions. I showed him the picture of mine. He goes, no, look at the aging on that. That's gotta be the real thing because his are brand new. In fact, he sells them with the sweet cigarettes in them. If you want, oh, wow. uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, but, uh, that was, uh, that was a, a find there as well. But, uh, the, the um the whole idea is i'm trying to show a, a range of stuff from the entire 60 year uh run and so we've got items that were produced some of it by the bbc some of it by like walls ice cream some of it by um actually the, the dalek sweet cigarette boxes came with a little collector card inside and each of those cards formed the, the original story for the first dalek comic strip uh i do have all of those cards so, um, and the fact is these cards are in special, uh, they're special size, they go in special sleeves. And so I had to track down a special binder for those. They're called cigarette cards. I guess in England, uh, every cigarette pack came with one of those little cards and that was the right. thing. So, so I've got that to show up as well. It's a, it, uh, the binder comes in a nice slip case. It was not very expensive because I guess it's very common over there to collect those cards and those sleeves, but you can't get those here. Um, I had actually now, sent up. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to ask. So just out of curiosity. So those those uh, cards, was yeah. that with the candy cigarettes or yes. actual true cigarettes? Well, okay. the, the okay. Dalek ones came with the candy cigarettes, but there are gotcha. other cards that were done that came with real cigarettes. So um, there was all kinds of collect. If you, right. if you, yeah, if you look up cigarette cards UK, you'll find like from the 30s on up, they've been producing these little two by oh, yeah. three cards, and um, they. Yes. So, but that that was a very specific thing to the UK, because the packets of cigarettes were smaller than they were here. Kind of like the the cereal boxes were smaller. Everything was a lot smaller right. over there. Um, they decided to make you know as people started to collect them hobby um manufacturers started to make these special sleeves for them and so they're unique to the point where i took pictures and dimensions and i sent those over to bags unlimited and i said hey just so you know people are getting these over here maybe this is something you want to look into and they said that they sent the whole thing to their research and development uh, and they're going to see if that's viable and They'll, they might start producing those here in the United States. Uh, right. Also, the, the same the same size cards were also used in the Patrick Troughton Walls ice cream uh, cards. And I've got all of those cards along with the book uh, that you're supposed to paste the cards in. Uh, I'll have mm -hmm. I have a lot of uh, stuff from the amazing world of Doctor Who. Um, campaign where you had the wall chart which was actually done by typhoon tees it wasn't done yes. by the bbc and chris achilleos did the artwork uh for that which is really cool so the poster the individual cards that go with the uh and i and i thought about figuring out a way to 
Velcro the cards onto the poster, but that didn't seem to work. So I've got the cards in in lot in frames, so you could see those, as well as uh, two of the puzzles that came out with the Amazing World of Doctor Who. There's a K9 puzzle. There's a Dalek puzzle that came out completely by Typhoon Tees. So right. it's it's really quite amazing that as you go back in time, there was so many different uh, people that got licenses for limited runs of things and. Uh, especially even today, the license the licenses are pretty hard to get now. But there was a time when you know you just paid you know the Sugar Smacks uh, campaign in 1971. John Pertwee appeared on the front cover of a cereal box, and right. in each of the boxes you could get a little button badge that had you know the tart the Bessie or Joe or the Doctor or the Master. And uh, I've got all six of those, uh, so that that's. Uh, it's a really cool thing. Of course, the original Circus Max box, I've seen one in existence because a guy actually found it in a landfill uh, in a pile of oh. flattened boxes. And he had to wow. kind of be real careful. He put it, like refolded it, stuffed it with newspaper to hold its shape. And um, it's probably it's probably priceless as far as uh, the fact that people, you know, they poured the cereal out and they threw it away. Um, it's kind of like the um, early editions of Radio Times Magazine. And I've got a bunch mm -hmm. of those. Uh, a lot of times it was, all right, that's it. The day's over and you threw it in the dustbin. You didn't keep them unless you were a hoarder. <laughs> and right. a lot of times people went in and uh, one of my favorite places was Kelly's Books in England. They uh, they closed recently. Kelly retired. But she would go in and buy these estate sales full of Radio Times magazines. And a lot of times she would she started putting Doctor Who listings on the thing and the thing started selling. So a okay. lot of times. Sometimes, yeah, there's sometimes there'd be like a little picture next to the listing or there would be a, a, a article or a full photo. I, I've got one uh, from Evil of the Daleks Part 3 where there's a big photo of Jamie and Victoria with a Dalek and a little bit of an article about the show. Uh, so and sometimes it's like, well, the cover is uh, the, the, you know, the World Cup or whatnot, but inside there's some really great stuff or there's a picture of Patrick Troughton in full color on the back of the uh, back of the magazine. So there's all that stuff that a lot of collectors are now just starting to find out about. I've got yeah. on the way, uh, I've, got, I've got an issue of Radio Times from this from the late 70s on the way with Peter Davison on the front cover. He and another actress were in a comedy about uh, lawyers. And it was, I think it ran for one season, but he's on the cover of that Radio Times. Uh, the other one I'm trying to find, and it's almost impossible to find, was one from the early 70s with Peter Purvis on the front cover with his uh, with the dog from Blue Peter. Uh, and oh, okay. uh, it's, it's just him on the front cover. And I asked him about it when I interviewed him. He said he didn't have a copy. But uh, I said, I've never seen I've seen only pictures of it, but I've never seen an actual uh, one. So those are things that are like related but not necessarily official. So that's, I kind of right. go for, I, I like those unusual things. That's uh, when, when, um, when I put out a wish list, you know, when I talk to Gene Smith, like for instance, and he'll, he'll say, Hey, I've got this thing here. Are, are you interested? In fact, I think I have it here. Um, I don't know if you know who Paul Majors is, but. Not off the top of my head. Oh, the, 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 oh yeah, yes, the, I do. Yes, yeah, I do. The, um, I just became friends with him on Facebook, which is great. But he, this is the original annual year's um, copy that was done in a, it was obverse books. It was a short print run. And I guess not many of these got out, but the second edition got thousands of prints. 
So, um, so this was in this was in somebody's collection that Gene bought, and he held it aside and said, "This sounds like something up your alley." I'm like, "Oh yeah, absolutely," because he wasn't sure he could sell it right away because nobody knows who Paul Majors is. So it's like well, one of those. Thank you. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's you just told me how to pronounce the last name because I've always thought it was Mayors. Oh like, no, it's me. It's me. Looking at that, yeah. so that's why I'm going. No, I don't know his name. Wait a minute. I think yes, I know who he is. As soon as I started, you started to pull it up. I know. Yeah, yeah. I did hey. not know that's how it was pronounced. Um, th this is an interesting photo because, as you can see, it's uh, oh. it's Fraser Hines uh, signing a album, uh, City of Death soundtrack album, uh, and you're thinking, well, how is that related? Well, uh, the story goes is that um, Fraser would sometimes consult, or he would do some voiceovers or stuff like that, and then he would get a promotional copy of the album. Well, at one point, he was getting so many of these that he couldn't keep them all in his little house. So David J. Howe contacted me and said, hey, would you be interested in any of these albums from Frasier? I said, sure. And he said, well, how about, how about City of Death? He's got that. I said, sure. He said, would you like Frasier to sign it? Yeah, why not? You know, and so David Howe snapped this photo of Frasier signing the record. And I've got the actual record. <laughs> with the photo i got another copy yeah. of the photo with the record so i've got proof that frazier signed it and the photo came from my good friend david j howe who's actually a next door neighbor of frazier hines they have like yes. an they have an open door policy open he comes door over policy. Yeah, i've heard about that and so <laughs> um and and of course the uh the other great story about frazier and by the way i can't i i'm still i'm still thinking that we'll be at Doctoberfest and Frazier will walk through the front door because he comes with your ticket usually. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it wouldn't it surprise like it me. <laughs> wouldn't surprise me at all. But um uh there was um there was an item I was really looking after. I, I think I still have it up on the shelf. I didn't pick it down yet, but um somebody was selling an original proof of the target book, The Gunfighters that was signed by Donald Cotton with all the editorial marks and all that stuff. And I said, sure, I'd love to get it. And he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I can't ship to the United States. I said, well, what are you talking about? I'll pay for the shipping. Oh, no, it's not that. I just don't do it. I'm like, okay. So I, uh, I, I never do this, but I reached out to David Howe and I said, could you help me out here? Could I have it shipped to you? He goes, yeah, no problem. So I, I changed my address and uh, get it shipped to David. And I said, David, I'll pay you for whatever it is to, to send it to me. He goes, I'll do you one better. I'm going to send it with Frazier and he'll give it to you in November. So that's so, so Frazier Hines brought this package over. The package was unopened and he uh, like handed it to me. He said, I have the package. <laughs> and uh, he's like, open that up. I want to see what you got. So I, he's having breakfast. So I sat down with him and I opened it up and I pulled this out and he said, what is that? I said, this is an original proof of the gunfighters signed by Donald Cotton. He looked at me and he goes, oh my gosh, that is like, how did you get that? I'm like, well, somebody had it. Somebody had gotten it from Donald Cotton and stowed it away and thought, oh, maybe I can make a few dollars on it. It, didn't, it wasn't actually very expensive, but um, I thought, what a cool thing to have. So it's got the, uh, I, I posted pictures of it and everybody of course jumped on it going, all right, what's the name of that company? That company doesn't appear anywhere. I said, that's the typesetter that they use. Avoset is the typesetter that Target used or WH Allen used to take the written word and put it oh. into that. And they used, they would send sheets. Now, normally it would be bound because David Howe looked at it and said, yeah, it should have been bound, but it looks like they cut off the binding. 
just to you know make it easier to package but um it's kind of a it's a neat thing it's one of those unique things the other thing that uh let's see i think i've already packed them but i've got several unused target book covers that uh were were flat and uh uh, one of them, one of them I got from Alistair Pearson, so I know that one's legit. Uh, and I've got one from Inferno and the Zarbi, so th those those seem to be coming out. David House said he's got thousands of those sitting in his warehouse, uh, so it's just uh, you, know, you know all the covers that they sent out, and of course they did ten thousand run or whatnot, and they had about a thousand left over, so they just put them back on the shelf, you know, and thought, well, maybe we'll use them again, maybe we won't. Um, so it, that there's things right. like that. So there'll there'll be a there'll be a lot. I think there'll be a lot for people to kind of get. It, it might be overwhelming for some uh, when they come in. I mean, I'm going to have three inflatable Daleks, fully inflated. I've got two TARDIS tents, the original uh, one from the '80s and a later one that was a little more elaborate. Uh, and uh, just uh, you know, uh, gosh, I'm just thinking all the. I'll have a remote control Dalek on display, a remote control canine. Got the uh, talking Dalek, the talking canine, and they all talk now. So uh, it's it's going to be really fun. I've also got the 92 chess set that'll be on full display. And that's actually part of my panel. It's the only piece that'll be out for both the uh, museum and the panel because that's my 92 item. Uh, and I have a special oh, table. That's a beautiful piece. And I, yeah, and, and of course, I think you saw the original, the table that I yes. had made with the Gallifrey logo on it and all that. So I'll have all that with me. Um, so it'll be it'll be a lot of fun to do that. But of course, we're not the only ones on the program. So we've got a lot of other people that are going to be there. Uh, right. you know, maybe maybe talk about some of the other guests that are going to be in house there, if you uh, remember. One of the ones I'm very excited about is Troika Brodsky. Yes, who, uh, yes. I met a quick bit, I believe, last year, Chicago TARDIS. Yes. Yeah, I know he, I met him there. He contacted me um, a few weeks ago asking me a little bit about Dr. Overfest. He goes, he just learned about this and was just curious because he was playing with the idea of traveling that distance, but he was like, I, but for a one day, and that is quite a distance. Cause he's out, I guess he lives right out near St. Louis. where he actually has this great uh, exhibition going out at a museum of uh, sonic screwdrivers and some stuff dealing with history of Dr. Who. So I, I was talking to him about it and uh, convinced him, Hey, you should check this out if you're able to. And he's really excited to come out. So he said he was going to do that and goes, would would you like to see the Sonic that I have? Uh, one of the Sonics that I didn't put in the exhibition yet. Um, I said, oh, that that would be fantastic. He goes, would that be okay? You know, if I, if I kind of showed it off a tiny bit and I go, please do. In fact, um, I contacted uh, the show, the, the, the true showrunners uh, from who North America, uh, Keith and Jenny about this and uh, talked to Troika a little bit and going, I would love it if we could, could he be a co-guest with me uh, on, on, on my panel so that he could show that off to everyone instead of just being someone to go, hey, you want to take a look at this and then sit down for a bit, uh, especially since I'm still new to this, almost a full hour of discussing stuff while there's a lot, I'm still trying to get my, I don't know how you, how, how do you put it, my, my sea legs on how to yeah. present properly and what's going to work best. And I thought this would be great to have a partner up there uh, that also has stuff like this to, to share. So I'm very excited that he's going to be there to show off an actual screen use Sonic or Sonics. I, uh, I haven't talked to him in too much detail, but I have a feeling there might be more than one that he's going to show. Um, and uh, for people to be able to actually see this, because again, here in the U.S., 
to actually see a real screen use Sonic. That's yeah. like one of the holy grails in a sense, you know? It, so, it is, yeah. So excited for him to be there. Uh, then podcasters are going to be there. Uh, uh, a professional cosplayer. Uh, yep. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm so Elena, bad with names and I should have this up so I could look oh, at. Elena Van Arendonk will be there. She is the uh, cosplay yes. expert. Uh, she's somebody I, I know really well. She's very well connected to people like Jen Greeley, who are you know just amazing masters of the cosplay. Um, and then, of course, we've got Kevin Lyon, who's going to be there as well, uh, who's uh, doing a presentation on custom toys. So that will be fun. Jason Wolfson, I believe, is our... Um, our Doctor Who Lego uh, guy, yes. and um, he's also a podcaster, I believe. And uh, I'm hoping to get him uh, involved with our network. That would be really nice. Uh, and of course, uh, you and I, you know, we're doing all that great stuff. And uh, uh, the other thing, too, that's really great about this, we'll have a free shuttle that'll take you to Who North America. And if, yes. you've, if you've never been to Who North America, they actually have one of the best looking uh, museum collections of pieces that I've ever seen. And of course, uh, uh, but I, I still I still love um, when I when I was with Keith last year and he said, oh, you've got a Cyberman in the box. I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, keep trying, my friend. <laughs> yeah, he, I, I know he's really big into trying to um, show off all kinds of merchandise that uh, from over the years getting, as well as he's got some fantastic custom pieces that have been yes. made by, by fans that um, you, you'd almost think were professional. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a very impressive collection. Uh, he took me through there personally and showed me a lot of the stuff. And I'm like, yeah, OK, I, I remember this or that. He's got things that I've been able to that have slipped through my fingers over the years, like a TARDIS tuner and the tile set yeah. and things like that. That um, And what's really interesting, when I looked into Who North America originally, they opened their doors in 1984, the same year I opened Bundles from Britain. Completely didn't know about each other at the point and but we were we were in business at the same time back in the day so that, that is really super yeah. cool uh so you get that we've also got a uh, a vendor room too so if you want to yes. you know buy doctor who items from great vendors you can see that as well uh as well as an artist room where uh they've got uh, artists who are making doctor who related things and uh i actually bought i bought a lamp last year that uh, was a tardis lamp it had a police box and all that and it was really wonderful it sits on my desk at work always get it's always a conversation piece when people come into my classroom and go well you can't be all bad you're a doctor who guy <laughs> you know yeah. that kind of thing and of course all of our panels and uh all the wonderful things and of course you know uh you can get a great rate at the courtyard by marriott if you go to whoNA.com and uh click on doctoberfest 23 and uh you can get a uh, link there that'll take you to the uh, hotel for a, a really nice uh low rate on the uh on the rooms right. uh and there's still plenty of rooms available so uh there's that uh i know um i i looked at the amenities to the hotel there is uh, there's not a restaurant in the hotel but there's a little like dinette diner inside yeah, the like there. yeah which is fine but there's also places within walking distance right around the hotel so. yeah to, to point out when you when you go in through the main entrance there's also a back entrance that almost looks like a main entrance on the other side of the cafe slash bar and as soon as you step out you've got an outdoor patio right there that's beautiful especially for uh yeah. hopefully nice weather but literally, as you step right out that entrance, it's like you are in the courtyard of an indoor-outdoor mall that's right there with a movie theater. I think it's an AMC yeah. off to the left. And literally, it's it's 
I was in shock when I walked over there uh, and seeing that it was just beautiful. I mean, literally, uh, this is not just a sell for Doctoberfest, but hey, if, if you're right there, um, you've got a mall literally steps outside the back entrance. This is a perfect location. I also wanted to point out, what, like you were saying, with the shuttle to Who North America, mm -hmm. um, something people might not realize, very family friendly in the sense that um, some of the other things they're going to be having that are not at the hotel itself, but they'll be held at Who North America is uh, Doctor Who themed Punch and Judy show. Yes, and yes. Like an amateur thing. This is a this is a professional Punch and Judy. Um, uh, I don't know what uh, puppeteers uh, that do this. I missed it last year. Uh, sadly, I'll miss it this year because I'll be, you know, primarily at the hotel. So hopefully, maybe someone can get a little video footage so I can see it. But I've heard great things. So for the kids, there's a couple Punch and Judy shows. Uh, they're going to have games over there for kids to play. So there is some things for some of the younger uh, fans as well. So if you were to go over to Who North America and, and you can buy some merchandise there, there's going to be uh, a set up dining truck as well that people can get food from, as well as, like I said, the games, the Punch and Judy show. I think there's a there will be a couple vendors there at the at the shop as well. Yes, and yes. Pretty much. I believe all the vendors, both at the hotel and at the shop, uh, one of the directives was uh, it's Doctor Who themed. Yes. So like you go there and go, oh, okay, this is a vendor for just soaps. Well, if there's a vendor for soaps, it's going to be Doctor Who themed soaps. It's right. not just going to go there and, well, what does this really have to do with Doctor Who? Nothing. We just sold vendor space. No, this is the 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 edict was have to be Doctor Who based in, in some way. Um if they were going to uh, be there, because that's what we want this to be is a, uh, you know, it's a Doctor Who festival. So let's push more towards uh, Doctor Who items. So I know last year, some people had, I, I believe, uh, purses, uh, yes. satchels, different things like that as well, jewelry. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty neat. So there's a little bit of something for everyone of all ages, so that people aren't thinking, well, can I really bring my kids? Are my kids going to have any fun with this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll tell you what, uh, even kids that may have just started becoming fans of uh, classic Doctor Who, or at least have seen Sophie with uh, Power of the Doctor, she loves kids. I'm mm -hmm. not kidding you. I mean, she is uh, uh, amazing with kids. So don't be afraid to, to you know, bring, bring your younger kids with you to this, um, to get them to have a little bit of experience. So I'm just excited yeah. about it. I always am about any Doctor Who uh, convention or, or so on. So, all right. I'll, before and before I forget, I want to mention a couple other people that are going to be there as well. Uh, one of the things that um, I got signed on to when I arrive on Friday afternoon is I'm going to be interviewed on camera uh, by the local PBS station, and yes. one of our one of our guests there is Russell McGee, who will be there signing his books, and uh, he contacted me directly and said he's doing this little thing for PBS and wanted to know if I could be on the show. And I said, yeah, absolutely. No problem. And uh, of course, Brandon Peters will be there as well. He's a podcaster and a showrunner. So he'll, he'll be there as well. Uh, I also want to thank uh, the sponsors for Doctoberfest uh, publicly here. We've got, of course, Big O Tires out of Mooresville, Indiana. We've got the LHC and E HVAC uh, and Electric. Uh, sponsoring and BWS stump removal. So we thank you all for your support of Doctoberfest. So uh, before we wrap up, any any last words on Doctoberfest, my friend? Man, I don't know what to say other than you know, <laughs> uh, come on out. I mean, it, it's fantastic. As I said, this this is uh, a much more 
uh, intimate setting. So it's, it's a great chance to uh, have a little bit more of a one-on-one. -on -one. And also it, it's a great way to uh, network in terms of friends. I mean, mm -hmm. you really start to make some friends. You you meet other fans and realize, okay, I, I I'm not such a uh, a geek that uh, people kind of look at like I'm weird. It, it's more of, hey, there, here are all these other people that have the same interests uh, from all walks of life. I mean, you've got some professionals. I mean, uh, doctors, literal doctors that that go to these things, and here's their chance to actually be a bit crazy and go, yeah, I, I might be. Uh, a doctor during the day, but in the evenings, I, I'm a fan of the doctor. Uh, and just getting to know people. I mean, that's how I met you and, and again, some of the celebrities and and even writers and things like that. And it's just really, really neat to get to to uh, do something like this and, and meet people that you, you can end up becoming friends with, you know, for life even. I have some that I became friends with uh, at conventions overseas. Uh, mm -hmm. back in 2013 that I'm that I'm still friends with and some I could probably consider as strangely as it is being opposite sides of the pond as they would say uh some of my closest friends yes I, I that agree I have had the opportunity to finally meet in person so I mean this is worthwhile guys I mean not just for the celebrities but to meet other fans and I mean Katie uh <laughs> real quick because I know she's been on, on your show numerous times to have met her for the first time last year yeah at Oktoberfest. Oh my goodness, that that woman is so infectious. I mean, she it, is. She the is. energy and stuff like that. I I'm like that in the classroom. I yeah. have a hard time being like that out public outside of a classroom. Um I don't know why, but to see her like that, it makes me feel like I can probably get out of my shell a little bit more and maybe not be as crazy, but I can be crazy out of things like that. And people aren't going to really look at me strangely like, oh, okay, how much caffeine have you had? Uh, have you been doing something you shouldn't be doing that gets you that high? I love her. And then in a personal sense, outside of it, I love these motivational things that she sends like on yes. Fridays. Yes. There are days that I actually look forward to seeing these because I'm like, this has been a long week as a teacher. And on a Friday to see that, I'm like, oh my yep. goodness. Thank Without you so fail. much, Katie. And again, I just met her at a show through you. And yes, now, yes. you know, again, it's worthwhile, guys. I mean, you you can make some friends for life through this, and it's it's just great. It it really is. So Absolutely. I highly recommend. I go bet to this. Go to Chicago TARDIS. Go yeah. to any of these shows. Please go to them. But especially in the next few weeks, Doctoberfest, please. This is awesome. Yeah, definitely come down to Doctoberfest because this kicks off the the fall convention season for uh, many of us here. And, uh, you know, Katie Haynes, I met her at Chicago TARDIS a couple of years ago, and she came in full costume and just was in character the entire time. And, of course, we became very good friends from there. Uh, she she will be with me here at, uh, at Doctoberfest. Um, and, of course, I'll also have the help of my good friend Galen Jenkins, who does an amazing fourth doctor um cosplay he'll be at doctoberfest this year as well uh he was really interested to have an opportunity with sophie so it's it's really quite amazing to do uh this and of course i still i still shake myself and go wait i'm a guest here <laughs> you know just you know when yeah. they bring when they bring you a sandwich and stuff like that i'm like really <laughs> like this is how uh -huh. it goes so yeah that's that's what's exciting about it go ahead yeah I, uh, before i forget yes uh, competition point out there are a lot of competitions here. I wish I could uh, be involved because 
I would love to do something like the the diorama competition, but now being kind of a, a liaison, being a guest there, I I would be afraid to participate because I I, I would think people would go, oh, this has got to be rigged then. So, but <laughs> I mean, they got they've got great Lego competition for those that are huge Lego fans. Yes, uh, yes. You've of course got the the cosplay lookalike competition. Uh, mm -hmm. Good luck, guys, against Katie Haynes. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah, she I won mean, last year, everybody. Yeah, so. <laughs> she, she's fantastic. You guys really have to to one-up her to be to do this. In fact, I don't know if with, the first time you ever met her, was she running with her British accent or yes. her actual her, voice? Because her, I'll tell her, you northern, what, her northern accent. I had accent. no idea. I when had she, no idea that she had an American accent for, for right. months. When she met Fraser Hines, she was in full Northern accent, and Fraser asked her, "What part of the North do you come from?" And that blew her away. And she said, "Oh no, no, I'm just doing a voice." And Fraser looked shocked when she went back to her normal voice because uh, she was just uh, she was at Chicago TARDIS uh, in between photo sessions. They let her do some stuff around the TARDIS, and Fraser was coming in for a photo thing and saw her and heard her speaking and and wanted to talk to her and i thought well that's really something so yeah you'll get to see her she's extremely infectious you'll uh, you'll see yeah. that uh along with many other people but anyway uh thank you my friend for being on the show today uh you, you, you know for having me. definitely uh we'll see you in a couple of weeks at uh doctoberfest and uh for my fans out there stay tuned for the most outrageous offer Hello fellow time travelers and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whip, and every two weeks or so I'm joined by a two to three person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979, that would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Allison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitchers, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast on the Direction Point Podcast Network. Keep collecting! Hi, I'm Rupert Booth. I am known as Paul Ferry. And my name is Barry Williams. Together, we host Time Ram. Time Ram's a cruel mistress. It's a random number generator. That also. We roll a number from 1 to 30, and that's our doctor. Then 1 to 300 for the story, and then we ram them together. Even if it doesn't make sense. Cruel, I tell you. Time Ram. Putting the wrong doctors in the wrong stories, so you don't have to. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. You are invited on an adventure across all of time and space, in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard Podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts, Eric Goldbranson, Asad Cheshki, and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and non-fiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire Who-niverse. On Shuffle, the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to the Doctor Who Collectors podcast. Keep collecting. 
the vervoids are probably the best dirty joke in Doctor Who. They're hermaphroditic plants. A lot of plants are. So there you go. That's it's based on science. No, they'll ship anything. There are probably eleven and handle shippers out there. You just have to drill a hole where his mouth is, and you're all set. You know yeah. he needs the room. I've seen it in pictures. I'm not saying you're not a fan. I'm saying you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Doctor Who gives a a drunken Doctor Who podcast for the end times. My travelings throughout the universe, I have battled against evil, against power mad conspirators. I should have stayed here. The oldest civilization, decadent, degenerate, and rotten to the core. Power mad conspirators, Daleks, Sontarans, Cybermen. They're still in the nursery compared to us. Ten million years of absolute power. That's what it takes to be really corrupt. And now it's time for the most outrageous offer. The most outrageous offer is a Doctor Who item, Doctor Who related item. That seems a bit too high a price for what it's uh, supposedly worth. And um, we investigate this as best we can. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, more information will come to light on on these things. You know, of course, uh, we've we still haven't beaten the million dollar calendar yet, but that's OK. Um but today uh, we have a, an outrageous item. It's uh, from Abe Books. Uh, this was brought to my attention by a collector who didn't want their name mentioned. So we, of course, keep that um, confidential. Anyway, uh, in talking about hardcover books, especially the books published by W.H. Allen, um, there may be uh, not a ceiling for some of those prices. Some of those prices, I believe, in my opinion, are a bit outrageous. But this one particular comes to play here. This is Doctor Who and the Seeds of Doom by Phil Hedgecliffe from 1977 with Dust Jacket, a ex-library copy. Um, and um, it is uh, being sold by Half Price Books in Dallas, Texas. I'm not sure how this book got to Dallas, Texas. That's uh, that's an interesting thing there. I have written to the bookstore, but of course it might take a long time for them to find it. Anyway, the condition is uh, not new. This is not a new book. Uh, they are asking $1,671.22, which is more money than a mint copy of Doctor Who and the Auton Invasion uh, or a mint copy of uh, The Smugglers, which are both more rare than this book. Uh, it does not say whether this is a, um, it says 77, so I'm going to take it as a first edition. There is a second edition as well. Um, but uh, that's what we've got here. The, per, the, the screenshot and link are on the website. Um, I have also found a copy of this book in the same condition. And this is actually from the uh, Alder Bookshop in the UK. Uh, it's... Uh, it's actually, this is the second impression of the book in 1978. Uh, so it's the same book, just a second impression. They've got their copy for $439.79. Now, in my opinion, the second edition is probably worth a little more because fewer of those were done. But again, this could be very controversial. Um, the co they, They're asking a lot less for this than the other one. Uh, so the, the first edition copy, uh, you know, just not... You know, I, it's it's really quite uh, interesting how there's like a almost a twelve hundred dollar gap here. So we'll see what happens. I'll be keeping an eye on both of these for a while. Now, I have a first edition in my collection. I do not have a second, but even four hundred thirty nine dollars for the second edition of an ex library book um, is definitely not 
Um, you know, a books tends to be higher priced than some of the other places, but that's certainly not in my price range for that. So, uh, of course, it's also a $15 shipping from the United Kingdom. And the other one is in Texas. Or is it in Texas? We don't even know. So we'll hopefully get some more information. Maybe if you're a seller out there and you know what I'm talking about, maybe you can uh, write to us at DrWhoCollectorsPodcast at gmail.com and let me know, and I'll, I'll follow up with this on the next episode. Um, so that takes care of the most outrageous offer. And our most outrageous offer is presented today by Telos Publications. So be sure to visit Telos Publications for the best in Doctor Who books. And they're just amazing people there. David J. Howe, of course, is the uh, um, is the head of that. And you can find Telos at telos.co.uk. Uh, some of the some of the books that are coming out right now is Doctor Who, the production diary for the Hartnell years, the fanzine book. This is a fake collection of unreal things. Um, John Nathan Turner's production diary, the Time War, uh, the of course, the Who Adventures, which we talked about on this uh, podcast and many other books. So give them a, a shout out. And that wraps it up for this version of the Doctor Who Collectors podcast. Thank you for listening. I want to thank my guest today. I'll leave this pagan and join us in Indianapolis coming up on October 20th for the uh, Oktoberfest. October 21st is the actual day. The 20th Friday is the dinner. The 20, the 23rd is the brunch. If you already have tickets, you're good to go. Um, and we'll see you there. Be sure to visit the uh, the Who room. Uh, we're going to have that Who collecting room and, of course, the main panel room. So, until then, keep collecting. Doctor Who Podcast Network.